Welcome to another episode of Matt Chat with David Maricatani. Today I am joined by the assistant coach at Hofstra University, Jake Pataxkel. Jake, how are you doing today? Doing really well, man. I want to thank you for having me on. I uh, really appreciate all the work you track wrestling are doing for the sport. It's uh, you know, it's a great pleasure to be on the show with you. Um, and I, again, like I said, I, I can't thank you guys enough for kind of you know everything you've done, kind of bringing the wrestling world out and you know, showing, um, you know, the, the wider audience kind of what's going on in, in our little sport. <laughs> it's all good, man. I talked to Papadatos. He said I had to have you on. So if, if Dennis, what Dennis wants, Dennis gets, you know? So anyway. Um, For sure. So I think the first thing I want to talk to you about is, is your wrestling style. I mean, I watch you wrestle in college, and to say that how you approach a sport is unique would probably be an understatement. So – you know, give give me and the people that are listening uh, an idea about your style as a wrestler and and how you how you developed into that style. Yeah, for sure. You know, I, I started out. You know, I, and, and some things people probably don't know too much about me. I started out, um, you know, wrestling just when I got into high school. Um, you know, kind of kind of cool story behind that. Um, you know, my my dad and my grandpa and everything were, were big wrestlers, but I was never really into it. You know, I went into um, high school and I tried to make our soccer team down in Florida, um, and and I just I didn't make it. My dad said, "Hey, come out, wrestle for me. I won't cut you from the team." Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, and I said, "All right, all right, Dad, I'm coming in. You know, I'll, I'll wrestle for you." Um, and and I was I was behind, you know, and 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 to be honest with you, you know, I I was never you know going in high school, going into college, I was never a phenom on my feet. So what I decided to do is kind of develop my top skills. Um, you know, one of the assistant coaches showed me a cradle, um, and he was like, hey, you can pin people with this and then matches real quick. Um, so that's what I did. I mean, I would let people take me down. I would look for a reversal. I'd get on top, and I'd, I'd put slap the cradle on you, and I'd pin you. Um, and, and that's how I developed that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, in my, my state finals match, uh, my senior year, I mean, I, I all I did was uh, – you know, the guy took me down twice in the first period. I chose top in the second, slapped the cradle on, pinned him. Um, <laughs> it was just how I uh, kind of did things. And um, it, it progressed as I went into college. Um, you know, came to college, guys were a lot stronger. The cradle kind of stopped working. Um, I could hit it on people, but I couldn't hold it. Um, and so one summer um, after my uh, after my sophomore year, I, I went in with my brother. Um, and I said, you know, I was like, hey, Sam, you know, we need to – we need to make a change. I need to to get better at, at another position um, on top because everyone's you know, breaking out of this cradle. Everyone kind of basically they scouted me for it. You know, I I remember big. I remember in the Big Tens, I was going against Minnesota's uh, or not Minnesota. I was going against Wisconsin's guy. Um, you know, he, he uh, Turner. He was going to be an All American. I'd already beat him in the year. I pinned him in a, I pinned him in a cradle um, during the year, and I remember going there and choosing top. And their coach is just saying, "Lay flat." Lay flat. You won't, you won't lose the match. And, you know, I, he had beaten me, um, you know, cause I didn't really have anything. And, and so I went in that summer and I, I really started developing stuff. Um, you know, and, and him, me and my brother kind of went back and forth with it kind of, Hey, you know, is this tilt going to work? And, and that's how I kind of developed my top series as far as my, um, two on one tilts go. Um, and I, I, I've always been a big inventor on moves. Um, you know, pretty much most of my top moves I've kind of created myself. Um, after the initial cradle was taught to me, um, you know, a lot of my college coaches, uh, you know, th- their big job was to get me tired in matches. They'd make me, you know, choose, hey, Taxel, choose bottom. You know, you're going to get away. You're not, we're not letting you choose top. 
Um, you know, and, and, but I think it really helped develop me in other positions. Um, but, I, but I've always stuck with top and I've always kind of created those, those unique opportunities. Um, you know, and as I've gotten older and as I've gotten into coaching, it's just, you know, it's gotten more and more prevalent with, um, you know, basically with creating moves or, um, creating moves to certain people's styles, if you will. Yeah, well, it's, you're you're unique because you're a late bloomer. I mean, I didn't start wrestling competitively until the seventh grade myself. But yep. That's that's more the exception than the norm. Most of these guys that it is, yeah. wrestle really young. So, you know, from a strategic point of view, how do you think your success as a top wrestler impacted your game plan going into matches? I mean, it, you know, being being successful on top was the you know, was my, is my crux, man. Basically everything went into that. So, you know, when I, when I thought, Hey, l- let me wrestle on my feet. It, it wasn't, Hey, let me wrestle for takedown and, and get another one. It was, let me wrestle on my feet so I can get on top as quick as I can. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you didn't mind getting taken down. I mean, it wasn't the goal. Oh no. But <laughs> yeah. It's almost like a jujitsu man. It's like once they get you, you know, you get on the ground and start rolling around, you're going to catch the guy where you want him. It sounds oh, like. yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, it, you know, and, and, and that was, that was how I went about things in the neutral position was, was, Hey, if I get taken down, that's fine. I'm going to reverse you or I'm, or I'm going to keep going. If I don't get taken down and I get you taken down, that's fine. I'm going to beat you on top. And then if it's like, Hey, we go neutral and, and nobody takes down. Second period comes, I get choice. <laughs> and, right. and, um, you know, if it's my choice, uh, and, and nobody's stopping me, I'm, I'm choosing top. Um, you know, and there's a lot of matches where, um, you know, I, I came in and it was scoreless first period and the second period came about and, you know, it, it, it ended up, uh, being a tech in one period. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and I, I thought about this the other day getting ready to interview you. You must, you must be chomping at the bit if they would have had four point near falls back when you were wrestling for four seconds, oh, huh? Oh man. I, I tell our guys all the time. And 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 to be honest with you, my dad talks about it. He said back in his day they did one point near fall. Where you, you no, did no, I, boom, I'm, you get I'm a that one... old. I'm that old where one, <laughs> yeah. So yeah. You can't can complain about achy bones to me. Yeah, whack when I wrestled <laughs> uh one one swipe was two points. Oh man, I, I, he told me about that. I was like, "Oh man, you lived in the golden age." Um, but nowadays, I mean, four points—I I can't believe it. Four points for four seconds. So now you're getting an extra point for one second less than I had to hold you for. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Oh, it's it's so good. I mean, it's it's unbelievable. You know, and and I'm t- you know, and they, if you can be successful on top, I mean, I, I, you're looking at two two turns at a four point. Um, in the first period, it's going to put you 10 nothing. You're right next to that tech. Um, you know, coming out, boom, two takedown or takedown for the two, two, two turns. I mean, you're looking at, hey, I'm at 10 already. Um, you know, and, and that guy, oh man, I, you know, and, and I got a lot of, you know, I got a lot of techs myself, but if I would have had that four pointer, I mean, geez, it, it, it would have, it would have made things so much easier. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So, well, well, Pop told me that there's a couple funny stories that you had related to him about guys that pretty much did anything they could to not end up, you know, going down, picking neutral, and, and then, like, trying to get you to not pick top. So can you share one or, one or two of those stories with me? Oh, oh, yeah. I mean, you know, and it can happen all the time. I mean, it's, you know, people scouted me a lot. I mean, people would, you know, hey, he's going to be good on top, hey, he's going to be good on top. You know, and, and, and you know, I'll tell you, I'll give you a couple. I'll, I'll give you one where it kind of worked and one where it kind of didn't work. Um 
you know, but, but one of them that kind of worked, I had, uh, writers, Don Fitch, um, who was an all American from the year before. And, um, you know, I had him probably second round of Midlands. Um, you know, I go out there and he takes me down. He's riding me on top and, and, you know, they, they know, Hey, if he gets on top, you know, it's, it's going to be over. So they're riding me, they're riding me, they're riding me real hard. And they, so they ride me out the whole first period, you know, and, and, you know, I, I think, I think his coach told him about me, but until you kind of experience it, I don't think you realize how, how, how dangerous it can be to be on bottom with me. Um, and so, you know, second period comes and basically I'm, I'm like, Hey, stop, you know, that I think, I think, uh, I got the coin toss. So, you know, most people defer, you know, I'm already, I'm down two nothing with probably three minutes of ride time. <laughs> um, you know, so I go top and I just, I just start to get into work and it's, you know, turn left, turn right, turn left, turn right. Um, and by the time it gets. She took him down and, and checked him, uh, with a takedown. Um, so that, that's kind of the match I kind of sticks out in my mind where, you know, he, he really, I mean, he did not want to go down. And, and once he was there, he kind of realized, man, I probably should have listened a little bit more. Um, <laughs> yeah right (laughs) and then and then the 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 one i'll give you where i kind of where it kind of backfired on me and 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 then not that it backfired on in a bad way but um i was going against uh lance palmer um for the match to go for uh third or fourth or fifth or sixth and um you know first period he takes me down four times and and i should say with lance i think we went against each other 10 times in our careers wow um you know we just saw each other so much big tens nationals the the duel um, you know, you name it, we went to the same tournament. Somehow we'd end up going against each other. Um, so we kind of knew each other. So, you know, he took me down a bunch. Second period comes, he chose neutral, of course. Um, you know, but I take him down right away. So now, you know, he's up four to probably three, or I had three, so four, four to five. And so he just lays there all that period. Ref hits him for one stall call. Second period comes, I choose stop. And, and so the reason I know about this is I coached with, uh, old man Jaggers, but, uh, from what he told me is they told Palmer, Hey, you go down, you just lay flat. You lay flat the whole time. You don't come up. You don't try anything. So, I mean, that third period, he was just laying flat, like not coming up. I get one more stall call and I obviously get the ride time, you know, ended up losing the match by one point. But, uh, you know, that, that was a, a match where man, you know, he did everything he could to avoid that bottom position yeah. <laughs> and just, yeah. it, 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 it didn't work out in the end, but it was so close. I mean, I, I was one one turn or one one point away from from making that match mine. Yeah, for sure. It's cool you have so many memories of these. You know, a lot of us that wrestled the more traditional way, you know, it's kind of like, well, who got the first takedown? Who got the last takedown? And you're <laughs> yeah. a completely different story. So, oh yeah. Um, so you know, I was thinking about this question: when, what tips? Or suggestions would you give high school guys that are that are listening on how they should improve their top game? You mentioned your creativity and not being mm-hmm. just locked into you know stock moves, but you know what 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 advice would you give the guys that are listening? I mean, so the biggest thing I've seen, especially you know, and, and as you coach, you kind of see this stuff a little bit more, kind of how you know how it affects people. But the biggest thing I've seen, you know, I can teach you the moves and I can show you that kind of stuff. You can learn how to do it. But the, the thing that you really need to work on, you know, if you want to be great at top, is the mentality of I'm never going to let someone up. Um, you know, when I wrestled, I had a fear of letting a guy up to his feet. You know, a fear that, hey, I'm going to lose this match. Like, I'm, I'm going to basically die if this guy gets away from me. You know, and so for me, it, it, you know, the goal became I got to keep this guy down. 
If a guy stood up on me, I'll take a stall call to bring him back down. If if a guy's about to get away, I'm going to drop to a leg, and, and, and I'm going to grit one out, and I'm going to get back on top, and I'm not going to let this guy go. Um, you know, because the difference between my brother and I, I mean, I think he was as good as me on top, but he, he was satisfied with letting people up and trying to beat people on his feet. Um, you know, whereas I would never, like, I, hey, you're, you're on bottom, you're staying on bottom. You know, I worked hard to get there, you know, even if it was just choosing top, but I worked hard to get there, I'm never going to let you up. So the one thing you got to do is, is make sure that that mentality of, hey, I'm never going to let anyone go. I'm never going to, you know, I'm not going to purposely, purposely cut anyone. I'm not going to, um, you know, let a guy up, you know, without him fighting so hard to get away. Um, you know, because it's worth it to stay on top, especially like, like you were talking about with those four point turns, you know, just to get one of those is going to, you know, it's going to make a guy have to take you down three, four times just to get that back. Um, you know, so for our guys at Hofstra, that what I do, I mean, I, I try to go every day with them. Hey, we're not letting anyone go easy. We're making it hard for people to stand up. We want to stay on top and just change that mindset. The other thing you were talking about is be creative. Um, you know, as you, as you create those or as you learn specific moves, hey, I learned a tilt. Hey, I learned a cradle. Hey, I learned a, a, a roll through tilt. Those are great, but you got to make it your own. You got to make it your own move. It can't just be, you know, your coach's tilt, your coach's cradle. It has to be, you know, your cradle, your tilt. It, you know, I took the tilt that I learned and I made it Jake the Taxel tilt. I made it Jake the Taxel's cradle. Like nobody else hit stuff like that. Nobody hit stuff like, um, like it, all the small details that I put into it. Um, and those were learned through experience. I started with the basic one and I, over time, I created new things and, and I learned from, you know, people doing different things to me. Um, you know, Hey, this guy stopped it that way. Well, I made a new, new way of doing the move up just because I could be stopped that way. Um, and, and then the last little pointer I give, um, you know, if you're learning moves, uh, the coach is teaching them always, always kind of think, Hey, I, I, I like that move. Great. I'm going to put it in my repertoire, but Hey, how can I stop it? You know, maybe it's a bottom move. Here's how we, here's how we're going to stand up guys. We're going to do this knee slide. And we're going to stand up. I always fear that. Like when, when my coaches went over stuff like that, I'd be like, man, that's a good move. What if, what if someone hits that on me? What am I going to do? You know? And so I've always, you know, whenever I see someone teaching, I'm like, man, what can I do to stop that move? How can I incorporate the defense to that into my style? And, and so that because, you know, most likely if a coach is teaching it, some other coach is going to teach it. So there's going to be someone out there that knows that move and you need to be able to stop those moves or put them into your favor. Yeah, I agree. Like when we coach uh, fighters and we're teaching them wrestling, you mm-hmm. always have to teach the opposite side of it. Like here's how you hit a yep. shot. Here's how you defend a shot. So um, I, I definitely agree. And it makes sense. Um mm-hmm. Tell tell the people that are listening a little bit about your coaching career since uh, since you graduated from Purdue and you know how you ended up at Hofstra and your stops along the way. Yeah, for sure. You know, so I uh, you know I came out of Purdue and I kind of stayed there for a little bit. Um, you know, I, I took an extra half a year to do my teaching uh, te- the teaching part of the degree I was doing. Um, you know, I didn't want, I didn't want to put that in during my, uh, during my wrestling career. Cause I've seen a couple of guys kind of go through that and just kind of fall off the, fall off the edge of the world when you're, you're teaching every day. Um, so I stuck around to help that at Purdue a little bit there, kind of as a, not, not the official volunteer, but as a, you know, I helped out with the club and I kind of rolled around with the guys. 
Um, after that, I moved on to a small D3 out in Iowa called Central College with a, a great coach named uh, Eric Van Clay. I, do you know him? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Okay. You know, great guy. He's now their he's now their wrestling coach and their um their AD. So you know, he's doing some big things there. I, I actually keep following or I follow up with those guys. They're Central's doing much better than when I was there. Um, you know, they've they've had a couple Americans. They got they got a lot of ranked guys on the thing. So definitely, you know, they 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 have been putting it together. Um, from there, I moved on to um, a small school in Ohio um, that's made some that's done some big things. Notre Dame College. Sure. Um, you know, I moved myself up. Uh, I saw they were moving out of VNAI, going to Division Two. So I thought, hey, you know, great opportunity to kind of join onto a good team. You know, the first year I was there, we won a national title uh, in kind of a transitional year. Um, and then the second year I was there, we uh, took third in our first year at Division Two. So that, you know, that gave me a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of what I'm doing and, and, you know, allowed me to meet a lot of interesting people, um, that go to Notre Dame. Um, and then, uh, kind of, uh, after, oh, go ahead. Was your, what was the overlap there with you and Joey Davis? Were you there at the same time? Yeah. So, uh, you know, we, we, he came in, um, you know, when I was there, my, my, my first year was the year we were trying to recruit him. Um, he came in that, that, that next year. So, you know, he was there that one year for me. Um, you know, I, I definitely rolled around a lot with him. Uh, I remember, I remember when we were trying to recruit him, I, the other assistant coach, uh, you know, we flew him out there and, uh, you know, he kind of got the commitment from him from there. Um, but it was, uh, an interesting dude. And, and, and Joey, I mean, he's been a phenomenal wrestler, um, you know, through his career and going undefeated. Um, you know, and he's even been in some, uh, division one matchups. Uh, I know he's beaten a couple of division one, all Americans. Um, I would have just, you know, it'd have been interesting to see how he would have done at the Division One level. Um, but he definitely he needed that smaller school atmosphere. He needed that that extra attention um, that a small school can give you, like at Notre Dame. Sure. And now he's fighting. So you know. And now and now he's fighting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Not is... really using the degree, but you know, it, well, it's, it's he cool. Will eventually, you know. I he mean, will. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. So, um, so I've known. I talked about him earlier, but I've known. Uh, Papadatus for a long time, and I, I just yeah. lo- I love that dude, man. I mean, his energy level is just freaking crazy. So, you know, tell me what it's like to work side by side with that guy every day. Oh yeah, I mean, if you if you if anyone out there knows him, I mean, Dennis got a lot of energy. Um, he's very very um you know very uh, on you. He is uh you know workaholic. He works all the time. Um, you know, but, but that's the same as I do. I mean, I dig into that stuff. I, I, you know, him and I kind of work late, late nights sometimes. I think he works a little bit harder. Um, you know, but he's, he's always worrying about something, you know, which, which is good and bad, you know, for him, for him, his health, it might not be good, but for, for the team, it's a great thing. Um, you know, he, he's, he's always super caring about every guy on his team. Um, you know, he, he's, he's got a great game plan. Uh, you know, basically he, he, thinks about things that you would never even think about like that, that could happen. Um, you know, but he thinks ahead about them and, and, and he plans for those situations. So coaching with Dennis and, and great. Um, a lot of our ideals are similar. You know, we, we, when we came out here, we came out here basically together. I was at Duke. Um, he was at UNC and, uh, you know, basically we started talking when he moved out here. Um, you know, he brought me on. But, uh, you know, like I said, the ideal is the same, like where we want an all-athlete, where we want a guy who's an athlete, a, um, a student, you know, and is going to be doing stuff in the community. Um, and so when you have a head coach that kind of believes in that stuff as well, it, it shows because, um, you know, what what he cares about, he kind of 
he kind of conveys to the team. And it's nice to have that kind of backing. Like, you know, so we do a lot of community service. Last year we won our, um, our schools, uh, basically our community service award. Um, one of our guys on our team, Mike Hughes, our heavyweight, he won the uh, most community service in the year award. And I think he has the most community service ever, um, done. Um, that's impressive. The Jeep, it is. And, and the schools is high on that kind of stuff. I mean, you know, when you have an AD looking at a program and they say, Hey, this team is, has the most community service. You know, they're, they're really elevating their GPA. Um, you know, and, and, and they're looking to be a great team. It's hard to cut it. It's hard to say, Hey, that's a team to, to get rid of, you know, cause, cause we're doing all the right things. Um, you know, so when we came in, that was the big thing. Um, the other thing with Dennis is, is, you know, he's not stuck in a single way. Um, he believes there's many ways to do things as far as like being good on top, being good on your feet. You know, it's not just like, and I've coached under coaches that, that only wanted to be good on their feet, you know, and hey, we're only, we're only going to take people down. We're going to cut them. Dennis is all about, you know, hey, if we get, if we get a takedown, let's look for turns on top. And, and so, you know, basically he defers to my expertise on that kind of stuff. You know, and, and, and what I do is I go in there and I show our guys, you know, hey, what, what are we doing on top? Jake, what are we doing on top? Boom. And, I, you know, I'm the one that kind of handles those situations. You know, Dennis has got his own kind of thing. Our other assistant, Mike Patrovich, has his, you know, he, he's more of a straightforward uh, hand fighting guy. So, you know, it gives you those little options. Um, so it's, that's a great thing, you know, about working with Dennis is that he allows um, kind of the strengths of each of the assistants and himself to kind of show and give to each guy. Yeah, right. Just keeps it keeps it tailored to each guy and and makes it as specific as possible, right? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. You know, and, and you know, you, you again, like I said, of course, in a few places you don't always get that. You know, you get some coaches who believe you know that that their way is the only way, and you know, it 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 can hinder guys sometimes. Um, you know, when you have a guy who needs a specific style. Yeah. I think that, yeah, and especially because, you know, you guys, because of tuition costs and academic standards and everything else, you're not going to get 50, 60 guys in the room. So you've, you've got to really work with, you know, with and and tailor your training and, and that stuff to each guy. So oh, yeah. tell me the vision that you and Petrovich and, and Papadatos have for the future of Hofstra Wrestling. Tell me what you guys see that looking like. I mean, you know, so our, our thing is we're, you know, we're a small school, like you mentioned. I mean, we, we you know, the, the cost of the, the institution is kind of high. Um, you know, we have roster cap issues where we, we only have a 20-man roster. You know, we have a really small team. Um, you know, so the future that we're looking for, um, like I had kind of talked about, like I alluded to earlier, I mean, we want a high GPA team. Um, right now our goal is over 3.0. Um, you know, so we're looking at, you know, academic performance is a big one. You know, we want a team that's that's willing to go out into the community and, and kind of give stuff, you know, back to to Hempstead and the area around here. You know, but beyond that, you know, we want a team um, who's going to be fighting, you know, to put guys in that national finals, um, you know, as much as we can. Um, you know, but we want to get back to the days where we're sending nine guys to nationals, where we're, you know, where we're looking at, you know, getting four or five All Americans every year. Um, and that that wasn't too long ago. That was. Um, I think 2007, I believe, is when it was um, when we were doing stuff like that. Um, it's something that can happen again. Um, you know, the the great thing about Long Island is you have that kind of support. Um, I think if we if we show that uh, you know we're competitive like like they were back in the past, you get the kind of support that you need on a program um, to start putting guys you know where you want them. Um, you know, we've had a national title or a national champion before. 
We've had people in the national finals, um, and and that's what we're looking to get back to, and even surpass if we can. Um, you know, as far as our team um, our goals go, you know, short term wise, you know, we're a building team though. Um, you know, we're looking to get our guys to nationals this year. Um, obviously, we got we're redshirting Mike Hughes, so you know, one of the big things that we see with Mike Hughes, you know, hey, he, he's going to be an All American. Um, you know, we want him to go out there next year and, and really try for that kind of that kind of goal uh, of, of of being there. Um, you know, he's he's one of the strongest, and he is at least last year he was the biggest heavyweight. Um, you know, and, and he's gotten so much better as, as we've gone along as far as, you know, he, he, I mean, I've seen him in two of his matches or two of his tournaments he's been in. He's tilting people now. I mean, he's tight waist tilting. I think he teched the Cornell guy in the finals of, uh, Binghamton with pretty much all tight waist tilts. Um, you know, so he's picking up on the stuff that we want him to. Um, he's a beast at hand fighting. And I, I, I like I said, I think it's going to start with Mike Hughes and it's going to continue with the classes that we're going to continue to bring in um that kind of meet our meet our admission standards and 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 whatnot and that's kind of how the future is going to come about and what we're looking to go to yeah well and you know you the good news is i mean obviously every program has its challenges but new york's a great wrestling state mm-hmm. and you know you're up there in the east where there's a lot of tough kids and you know you guys continue to do that work and, and find the guys that fit your program i think you know your goals are certainly attainable and and I know if it just comes down to working hard that you guys will make it happen because I know the energy level of, the, of you guys that are working up there. So, oh yeah. Look, man, I know it's a crazy time of the year for you guys getting done with finals and right before the holidays. I know you go to the Lock Haven tournament next week. So, I appreciate you carving some time out for us here at Track and uh, want to say best of luck to you the rest of the year. And I know I'll see you here in St. Louis in March. Okay, man. Hey, thanks for having me on here, man. It's definitely been a great uh, opportunity to kind of spread the word about Hofstra. Um, you know, definitely uh, I enjoy the show. Definitely like what you're doing. Like I said, um, you know, I try to try to get on, try to listen to a couple of the other guys uh, as far as, uh, you know, when you get these interviews going, because it's interesting to see what each coach has to say and kind of get the uh, details of uh, all the different uh, ideas behind each program. So it's definitely a, a, a unique opportunity. I'll say that at, at the least. Yeah, it's been fun to pick those guys' brains, and, and I mean, oh, yeah. you were able to come on board with us. So, ladies and gentlemen, uh, that'll do it for us today. For all you guys out there, have a, a Merry Christmas, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. This show is part of the Matt Talk Podcast Network. For more wrestling podcasts, head over to matttalkonline.com.